Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Well, I'm sure you were inspired 35 years ago when the movie Dirty Dancing came out, were you not? The music was so wonderful, and the acting of Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, and together with those wonderful dance moves called Dirty Dancing, it was absolutely uh, the, the summer blockbuster to remember. I remember that. And 35 years later, you know, it has amassed over 50 million record in record sales won so many awards for the songs i've had the time of my life and uh hungry eyes and she's like the wind such incredible music well i have on the guest today who actually wrote those iconic songs and brought them into well musical history basically at this 35 year mark Frankie Previtt, John DiNicola, and Stacey Widelist. They're coming on to talk all about what that was like, writing those songs, coming up with them under pressure, and being picked out of hundreds of musicians to be the ones to create the beautiful music. They're up next, and also we're going to hear about the digital divide and what is happening now in order to bring the internet and high-speed internet at that all over the world and our country to anyone who needs it or wants it. It's all next on The Way Home, which is brought to you by Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. I have very long days now. I'm doing a morning radio show and I'm doing an afternoon radio show. And let me tell you, that goes for needing great energy. How do you get great energy? Well, there's a whole lot of factors that go into it. But one thing that doctors and practitioners of all and nutritionists of all walks understand is that good nutrition is a huge part of having the kind of energy that you need to be able to do your tasks during the day to not feel that awful slump in the middle of the day where you just want to go curl up and take a nap. We need that energy, but it really comes from food and it only comes from fruits and vegetables, that type of food. Uh, I'm not talking about junk food. I'm not talking about your 10th cup of coffee, although I do love my coffee, but fruits and vegetables, if it's the right ones at the right amount a day, you need 10 servings, by the way are what keep you going. And not only that, but they boost your immune system as well. I'm so grateful to be on Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies uh, for maybe over 10 years, maybe 12 years now. It has been a huge game changer in my life and that of my parents as well. And now millions of people are seeing the benefits of this. It's just so hard to get all those fruits and vegetables that we actually need to keep us going, to give us that mental clarity, to give us that wonderful sense of energy. It's hard to get all of it. You know, you buy it, you chop it, you try to do the right things with it to not cook all the vitamins out of it. Not an easy task, but when you take balance of nature, you can do it so easily with these capsules. Nothing else is put into them. It's just the produce. And they found a way to do that to keep a hundred percent of the nutrition, but get 10 servings into three capsules of the vegetables and three capsules of the fruits. So it's that easy. You take them in the morning. That's when I I like to take them because they do give you such energy. And boy, do I need it now getting up at 4 a.m. So you can get your exact amount of nutrition that you need as well with Balance of Nature by ordering it on our website. 
is balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com. Please put my name into the promo code if you would like 35% off your first preferred order. Again, Laura is the promo code, L-A-U-R-A. You're going to get that 35% off plus free shipping. So make sure you put my name in there and they'll know also that you heard all about it on the way home with Laura Smith. They love to uh, promote programming as positive, uplifting, and inspirational. And I'm grateful that they do. You can also call Balance of Nature at 800-2468-751. 800-2468-751. And again, just tell the nice person on the phone there that you're putting Laura into the promo code for your 35% discount and free shipping. When we come back, we're going to hear from this incredible team, Academy Award winners and Golden Globe winners, Frankie Previtt, John D. Nicola, and Stacey Wideless, all from Dirty Dancing Music fame. Don't go away. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. So 35 years ago, think back, where were you when you heard that song? I'll tell you, it brings goosebumps, it brings back memories, and I don't know of a single person who did not watch Dirty Dancing when it came out. And in fact, is still watching it, is still enjoying it, is still listening to the music, over 55 million in sales, and the most incredible songwriters that they were behind the scenes in the sense that they wrote the music and we, we always think of Patrick Swayze and we, Jennifer Gar, um, Jennifer Gray. And, um, so we think about that, but the music has lived on these 35 years and you hear it and it's as though it was the first time. I am so excited to have back on the way home, the amazing Frankie Previtt, John DiNicola and Stacey Weidlitz, all writers, of those incredible songs that we will never forget. I've had the time of my life, Hungry Eyes, and She's Like the Wind, an incredible hit for Patrick Swayze. Welcome to all of you. I've got it. I'm so excited. I'm sitting here looking at these three legends on Zoom. Everybody else is just hearing it on the radio, but I, I'm, I feel very fortunate to be in such incredible company looking at all of you sitting in your recording studios. How amazing. Who wants to go first? What does it feel like? To be here 35 years later, what did you ever think in a million years that people would still be such incredible, rabid and adoring fans of this movie and its music? Who wants to go first? How about you, Stace? All right, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, in a word, no. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing with She's Like the Wind uh, is that Patrick Swayze and I wrote the song, uh, Two years before the movie was shot, we wrote it for a different movie uh, called Grandview USA. And we were friends. We lived around the block from each other in Los Angeles, uh, two houses away. 
and he and his wife, Lisa, and I and my girlfriend, uh, Wendy Fraser, who sings on She's Like the Wind, uh, we started to hang out. We became friends, and he called me one day and said, do you want to work on this song? They're looking for songs for Grandview. I have an idea that I can't get anywhere with. So I said, sure, come, come on over. So he came around the block with his guitar, and I was at the piano, and uh, he sang me the first two lines that he had, which was, she's like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. I didn't like the third and fourth line. So I rewrote those as she leads me through moonlight only to burn me with the sun to which he said, what does that mean? And I said, <laughs> I don't care. Just write it down. And um, we were off and running, but you know, I still have the image in my head of us in our, in my apartment working on this song and to your point, if somebody said to me, you know what, way in the future, you're going to hear this song in a theater in Berlin. You're going to hear Ryan Adams singing it, sing it at the Ryman Auditorium. You're going to hear it on a bus in Havana, Cuba, and you're going to see it show up in blogs in Vietnam. I would have said, you're absolutely out of your mind. Stacey, you gave me goosebumps because it really, that is the the incredible influence that it has had on people all over the world, every type of culture and people. They loved the movie so much. Patrick Swayze, I still can't believe he's been gone for as long as he has, but he really was that every man for everybody in every country. I mean, he really, there was something so endearingly beautiful about him as a soul. And I remember him acting and dancing, which was just seemed so remarkable for a movie star in Hollywood, but he sang as well. And, yeah. and I'm not sure people really thought of that, but when I got to my very second radio station in my career 25 years ago, I remember she's like the wind playing all the time. Um, it was at WFAS, I think. And I remember seeing his name on there and going, wow, that is him, you know? So what an incredible uh, gift that you were able to spend time like that together, creating with him, writing with him. What was he like as a person? Very nice guy. Very intense at times. Um, what didn't come out in a lot of stuff that he did, except in a few cases, like in Tu Wong Fu and that movie, he had a very, very good sense of humor, almost goofy in a way. And we used to play practical jokes on each other all the time uh, and uh, make jokes about various body parts. And uh, but uh, he was uh, very passionate about what he did. And I. I think you raised a good point in that women loved him and men loved him because women loved him for obviously he could dance, he could sing, he was uh, beautiful to look at. And yet he was an action star too. I mean, in Roadhouse, uh, he did all his own stunts and he did all, uh, most of his own uh, martial arts in that. So he was, he was really an, an amazing all around gifted person. He was a, a true specimen of manhood, absolutely beautiful in so many ways. Uh, John DiNicola, tell us your role in writing some of these iconic songs for Dirty Dancing. And did you ever think that you would be still hearing them play and people celebrating the movie and the music? Um, because you are going to have some big events. We're going to talk about these uh, going on. But what was that like for you? And tell us your your part in all of it. Well, uh Frankie and I met through um, the, the, the music of Hungry Eyes. So Frankie was in a band called Frankie and the Knockouts that had 
top 20 hits, top 10 hits. And he was uh, looking to get a new record deal. And um, I was sitting in my apartment in Queens with my brand new Juno 106, Roland Juno 106. And this music, basically what you hear on uh, Hungry Eyes, just boinked out of me in 20 minutes, you know, from beginning to end, chord changes, you know, some melodies. So um, that was Hungry Eyes. And uh, at the time, uh, we were both working with David Prater. Uh, I was working in another band. And and Frankie, as I said, was looking for material. And David played him the music of Hungry Eyes. And he said, I'd love to try and, you know, write that and, and finish that song off. And he, I said, sure. And he did. And, and uh, that was Hungry Eyes. And then we wrote about six or seven other songs for his, um, you know, for his album uh, that he was trying to put together. And then Jimmy called Frankie and um, for the time, well, they, they needed a song for the big moment in, in at the end. And they were filming out of sequence. So they were going to film, you know, that ending, but they didn't have a song. They were using a Lionel Richie um, stand. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You mean for the for where he the, the final dance of Dirty right. Dancing? Right. No kidding. So they, they originally had a Lionel Richie tune. Well, it was just a placeholder. They were looking for an original song. I see. And uh, Frankie and I... Uh, you know, while we were in the middle, maybe Frank should tell that story because Jimmy Einer called him and uh, he can fill you in on how the time of my life came about. Okay, so from Hungry Eyes to the time of my life, which yeah, is... That's the sequence. Yeah, of how it got... Yes, and by the way, Frankie, Hungry Eyes in the version that you did it, this sort of... Um, what, what would you call that? It wasn't unplugged, but it was a beautiful ballad version of Hungry Eyes that wasn't the pop. Who who did the, the, the version of that for their record? Sorry. I, I think you're thinking of the time of my life. My version is. A, oh, your was, version. I'm Yes. Right. And then I did also did Hungry Eyes, my own version, which. Was, OK, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. Yes, that is. I, I listened. I absolutely. They were hauntingly beautiful. Um, if anyone could get their hands on that, um, John D. Nicola. I'd... It's my first record that I did as an artist in 2019. It's called The Why Because, and it's a CD and album and all that. The Why Because, John D. Nicola. And he's got the time of my life and hungry eyes there and in a version and a most beautiful, really gorgeous, gorgeous version of that. So, so Frankie Previtt. Thank you for moving on to there. Tell us the story. I know you're hoarse. I know you have laryngitis. And isn't that the way it goes for people who need to, when they need to speak or sing? And there you go. So um, John was right. I did get the call from uh, Jimmy Einer, who was the president of the recording label that Frankie and the Knockouts was on two years later. And I was trying to get a record deal. And by the way, that song that John and I wrote, um, Hungry Eyes was the first song we ever wrote together. So we had a hell of a start. Yeah, you think? And so when Jimmy called, I thought of John immediately. But I didn't think that what I said to him was, Jimmy, I don't really have time. I'm trying to write new songs. I'm trying to get another record, um, you know, together. And um, his words to me were, make time. This is going to change your life. And I'm thinking, well, you shut your label down. You went into films. I think you did that one time. And he goes, no, this is a good little movie. And, and uh, 
I think you should write a song for it. He goes, they've already turned down 149 songs. And so you got two weeks. And I said, all right, what's the name of the movie? And so when he said, Dirty Dancing, my hand went to my forehead and I went, <laughs> Jimmy's doing porn. <laughs> no, really? That's what you thought? I did. 35 he, years oh, ago, I can imagine why. Yeah, you, you would think that. Yeah, so he's, no, no, this is a good little movie. Baby meets Johnny and the father doesn't like the kid. And so I said, okay. And he goes, now that's the good news. I talked to you in the writing. The bad news is it's for the last scene and the song has to be seven minutes. And I'm like, let me think seven minutes. So first of all, it'll never be a hit record, seven minutes. And then we got to write like a MacArthur Park kind of a song. Yeah, I'm thinking Anagata DeVita or something. Yeah, something like that. With a, you know. So John sent me a really great track that he put together with uh, Don Markowitz. <clears throat> and in the car, on the parkway, Jersey Parkway, Garden State. I'm taking this cassette, I'm putting it into my car uh, dashboard, and I'm listening to the music, and how I write a song is I jam. And as I jam, phonetic sounds come out of me, and I'm, Ninin, I'm of my life, you know, Ninin, I'm of my life, and get scribbling time of my life on an envelope. And really, um, the rest of those lyrics were written by the man upstairs because I had no idea what that movie was about. But when I met Patrick at the Academy Awards, he was like all over, all over me, like who sang the demo? I said, myself with Rochelle Capelli. And I said, why is all this so important to you? He says, because we didn't have a song. We wanted to get the movie over with. We didn't think it was going to be very good. And then Emil Ardolino, the director, walked in and went, we have one more song. Let's listen to it. And he goes, it was time in my life. And we were like, let's go make a movie. And he says, at the end of the day, we were just in, in shock of how great an ending that we had. And it kind of turned the movie around and the camaraderie that they had for each other in the movie. So, you know, it's it's crazy. Music has a power. And thank God it was with that song for us and it continued to blossom into hungry eyes and then she's like the wind and here we are talking to you 35 years later john well i can say that about the music for the time in my life too i mean i guess it's i guess that's the case a lot of times when you write stuff it, it, there's you as a musician you just take in and take in and take in and then you you know, you get a direction like Frankie from from uh, Jimmy, and that's just kind of spilled out too. Madani and I just sat there and you know, just appeared. You know, it, it's it, you know, not the same way. Hungry Eyes definitely played itself down. Time of my life, you know, back and forth, but I, I don't know where. It, sometimes you don't know where it comes from. It's it's. I think it's a sort of a. Um, a, a subconscious of all the music you hear through the years and then it just you just cosmic uh, or maybe it's yeah. already created somewhere in the you beautiful know? ether cosmos and heavens and it's presented to you and you just happen to be the 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 conduit that agreed that's to right. do it or something i just think you're right i think that's how true art is everywhere and every type of art so it it matters that it happens in music and for this film at that moment, you know, at the end. And when 
the beginning of it, what what is it that they're playing in the beginning? That beat that happens, and uh, it just be my baby. Yeah, it, talking it, the, she's talking about the beginning of the the beginning of I yeah the time of my oh, life. Oh, I'm my life. It's a it's a it's a rhythm that you don't hear every day. It's almost know? it's almost um, it, Latin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and. And I loved that. I grew up in Brazil, so I'm all about, oh, okay. you know, I love Latin music so much. Um, but, you know, just everything together with those beautiful people, uh, Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze, the music. And, the you know, I love the fact that it took place in the Catskills in the summer in New York, because that was a really big deal back in the, you know, way back in the early part of the in 1900s, all the way through through the 50s and 60s until it kind of wasn't anymore. But it so it captures that in time as well. It's just such a beautiful movie. So let's let's tell people now. So it's 35 years. Lisa Swayze is still here. She is still trying to bring awareness and raise money for research for pancreatic cancer, which is what Patrick Swayze so unfortunately died from. Um, I don't how many years now has it been? Does any do any of you know? September will be 13 years. September will be 13 years. Okay, so I know she's doing a lot. And you guys are actually going to host something in New York City for my Greenwich, Connecticut listeners and my Westchester, New York listeners. New York City on August, I believe, is it the 4th that that you're going to have the uh, Lisa is going to have this talk back um, for free for people, anyone who wants to come to Washington Square Park. And um, it's going to be quite an event. And I know that it's also uh, Dirty Dancing is playing all over the place. And here out in the Midwest in Indiana, it's going to be in a Mishawaka theater also coming up. So anyone can come and see the movie again and try to experience all the beauty of of that movie um, in August as well. Be looking for that at uh, the theater in Mishawaka, too. So are you guys going to be a part of any of that? Yeah. Um that stays. Yeah, uh, we we've done a pre-recorded Zoom call actually, and Lisa has done her own um, pre-recorded bit as well. Uh, that will hopefully be shown at some of the um, you know at some of the screenings uh, that are being done, um, and uh, also here in Nashville, Nashville Film Festival is doing a, a commemorative screening of the film, uh, and. Um, Frankie, uh, John, and I and uh, have been invited to uh, do also a, a pre-recorded session for that, uh, which will be moderated by Joseph DiBiase, who not only is a fine composer in his own right, but he was also the music editor for Dirty Dancing. See, he oh, had, he's actually the one that cut in all our music, so that that should be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, we're we're involved, and in, uh, they're reviving the Dirty Dancing Festival in Lake Lure. And uh, I know, you know, we'll be at that in September. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There really is. I was just looking at the exact theater in Mishawaka, Indiana, for those of my listeners here on August 14th and 17th, my birthday. uh, There are going to be showtimes at uh, the theater in Mishawaka. And um, then they're also going to have a concert at the Morris Theater in South Bend. So that's awesome, too. But if you want to see Lisa Swayze and really have this talk back and this opportunity to um, really help to 
hopefully raise some more money for funds for the research for pancreatic cancer. Go to Washington Square Park in Manhattan, in New York City on August 4th. That's when that's taking place. Uh, Google it to find out. It's a wonderful way to celebrate the 35th anniversary of this great movie with the great uh, actors and Patrick Swayze, of course. And you guys are keeping it alive for all of us. I, I love having you on the show. We've done this a couple of times, but I learn more about it and just get so excited just about music in general. You guys are living the dream, really, um, for those people who love music, who want to write music and produce it and record it. You guys have done it. You've done it. And it, to the tune of millions and millions of uh, records sold and uh, awards. And so I'm so happy for all of you that you still get so much out of this. Tell me very quickly before we close, because we have to end this in, in just a few minutes. I want to know what each of you is working on now, if you have anything going that you'd like to talk about, or if it's just the Dirty Dancing 35th anniversary. Uh, go ahead, uh, uh, Frankie Previtt. Yeah, so I wanted to say, uh, in respect to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, that <clears throat> we have taken John, myself, and Donnie, the demos that they actually filmed the movie to. And if you go to Dirty Dancing Demos on Facebook, you can purchase those demos, and you can also scroll down the page, and you can watch that scene being filmed with the demo being played that they filmed that day. And we take all those proceeds and we donate them to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network in Patrick's uh, honor. So please, you know, it's uh, if we all gave a dollar, we could probably beat this uh, terrible disease. So it's uh, for a good cause and it's an honor for a great guy. Absolutely. Again, on Facebook, we can find it at Dirty Dancing Demos, correct? Right. And you can and you can donate there and you can also enjoy watch. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I am so doing this. Um, John Nicola, what do you have going on that you'd like us to know about? Well, uh, a few things. I, I have a record label, OMAD, O-M-A-D records dot com. Uh, I just put out I'm working with several artists uh, on my label. It's basically uh, people that are on my label that, that I produce and and put out but i just recently put out um my second album we spoke about the first album 2019 i put another one out in 2021 of uh, all original songs that i'm singing and playing and um i just just put out a video that um the song is called she said in fact the album is called she said but we just did a video and my son his company anima works did the video on 16 millimeter film oh beautiful so it's uh you could just go to youtube john Nicola, she said and look for the uh for the um video um but recently kodak um on ig uh um instagram kind of retweeted the whole thing because uh you know they they're promoting the film yes uh, a friend of mine is in that film yes oh yeah so, yeah, she's an actress in it. It's called She Said. That one? Um, oh, no. A totally different. Oh, okay. There's a movie that. I saw that, too. You're yes. Right. I saw that. Yes, I was confused. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I conflated okay. the projects. Okay. No, that's all, that's all okay. Right. But yes, it's. I saw that because they list all the things that they um, do that projects that are on film. 
16 millimeter, 35. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Done on film, but so was our video, and uh, and they re, you know, they they sent it out to people. So, yeah. That's it. Wonderful. You're all incredibly busy. And Stacy, real quick, what you're doing, we have uh, two minutes to wrap up the entire program today, but go ahead. Yeah, I a few years ago, I bought a new camera when I went to Italy and I started taking pictures in black and white uh, street photography and it turned into a thing. I've now won four international awards. I've had photos published by all different organizations and um, I have a website that people can look at the uh, photos and it links to my Instagram page too. Uh, and that's stacywidelitz.com. And if somebody contacts me through the website and wants to buy a print of one of the photos, I'll donate a portion of that to pancreatic cancer uh, research as well to PanCan. So Wonderful. That, that's been a whole new fun uh, career. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so photography, Stacy Weidlitz, for you to know how to spell his name so you can see him on uh, IG and then buy his beautiful pictures of Italy. Stacy, and the last name is Weidlitz. It's spelled W-I-D-E-L-I-T-Z. W-I-D-E-L-I-T-Z. Well, thank you, Frankie Previtt. John D. Nicola, Stacey Weidlitz, the wonderful, amazing, brilliant talent behind the music of Dirty Dancing. 35 years later, thank you for the joy that you've brought to the world, all three of you. Much love and continued success. Thank you, because really, this is what brings the whole world together. So one thing we can all agree on, that we love music, we love movies, and we love art. Thank you so much to all of you. God bless you. Thank you. For having us. A lot of fun. Thank you. And we're going to go out. I've had the time of my life. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, imagine uh, being uh, for one day or maybe even half a day without either your cell phone or your Internet. Does it give you anxiety just thinking about it? I know that the very few times that I had to go without for one reason or another, or even if I just can't find the phone for a minute, it's outrageous the way I react to that. And when I get it back in my possession, I just feel so much better and I'm so relieved. And it really makes me think sometimes how incredibly, um, well, not only uh, addicted to the to these devices we are, but how much our lives are entwined with using the internet and such. So I ha- found out something that I was absolutely aghast about, but there are actually tens of millions of Americans that don't have internet or access uh, to uh, this broadband. And today with us is someone who is changing the game for our country, uh, Stephen Mesnick. He's the general manager of U.S. Broadband at Viasat Incorporated. My goodness, thank you so much for joining us today, Stephen. This, is, this was an eye-opener 
for me. I, I knew that maybe there were some people in some remote places, perhaps in Alaska, that didn't have access uh, to to these the services that we take so for granted in our lives. But there's actually tens of millions. How is that even possible? So to be even more precise, there's approximately about 42 million people, and they all, I promise you, don't live in Alaska who don't have access to high-speed internet. And it's just, it's a shame because it is not just about, you know, social media or, or talking to friends. It is now an essential service for people. It is about education, about being able to see your doctor, right? High-speed internet is something that has become as important to people when they, when they have a home as water, uh, electricity, and now broadband. So, so Viasat believes that not only is it important, but uh, everyone really deserves to have that high-speed connection so they can participate in, in society in, in a meaningful way and, and, frankly, live where they want to live. I see. And so what you're saying is a lot of this has to do with location uh, for some Americans that don't have access to broadband. Is it, is it because of where they live or is it because of Maybe the place where they live is in maybe as affluent as uh, big cities or or big suburbs outside of big cities. What 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 is it? Yes, you you hit on both points. Really, this digital divide, as we like to call it, uh, is really comes from two points. Which is one that the internet service providers, the Verizon's, and AT and T's, Comcast, Charters, right? They they will invest. They will put the cable fiber lines where they can. Frankly, they think there's enough people uh, to take their service and who can afford their service, right? So they kind of pick and choose where they offer uh, internet service. And there are many people who just don't choose to live in a different area, right? Or can't afford the service. So Viasat does something different. We're a satellite internet provider, which means we launch a satellite into space, about 22,000 miles up in the air. And then as long as you can see the sky, right, you can get access. It doesn't matter where you chose to live, Right. We don't pick and choose neighborhoods like like other providers do. We want accessibility for Internet for all. And we also want to make it affordable. Right. That's the a, that's a key part. It has to be available to you. It has to be affordable. And that is our goal. Wow. So it's available then everywhere in every corner of the United States of America via SAT. Yeah, we're actually even beyond the United States. We are in uh, Mexico. We are in Brazil. We are in Europe. We actually when you fly on. American, JetBlue, United, Delta, we actually provide internet connectivity, uh, not only for people in their home, but on airlines. So you can imagine how difficult that is. And we also provide connectivity to our, our military, whether they're here in the United States or they're abroad. That's awesome. And did you say specifically high speed? Because my parents live in northern Indiana. And until last year, they've been here for almost 20 years, until last year, they had no access to high-speed internet. And, you know, we're, we're not near a big city, but we are an hour and a half outside of Chicago. It, it's not even about just rural. Everyone says, oh, it's, it's those people who choose to live, you know, so far out there in the middle of nowhere. No, these are people who, who live an hour outside a metropolitan area, could be even closer, right? And so when you asked about high-speed, our speeds advise that now we have some new plans called our choice plans. Start at 25 megabits per second. People say, what is that? Basically, 25 meg will allow you to do mostly everything you want to do. Stream a movie, listen to audio, do social media, do your homework, uh, you know, video call, do a Zoom call, right? All those things starting at 25 megabits per second. But if you want a lot of speed, you have a lot of kids in your household, your family's visiting, we can provide speeds up to 150 megabits per second, which is very comparable to what you hear from the, 
the cable companies and fiber companies. So uh, yes, we have high speed and we have it, as you said, wherever you choose to live. Wow. And so the average person then that's hearing this and might have a relative that uh, doesn't have high speed internet can say, hey, contact Viasat and they'll hook you up. Is that how it works? How do you how how can you be found? Yes. So two ways, right, which is you can go on our website at viasat.com backslash Internet. Or I know this sounds crazy. You could actually call up and talk to a person, an actual human (laughs) being at 833 uh, number five Viasat. That's V-I-A-S-A-T and sign up that way as well. And then what we do is we will send a professional to your home, an actual person who will come and set this service up for you. You don't have to set it up yourself, right? They will do all the hard work. And when they leave, you will just have internet and it will work. You don't have to worry about how or why, or what do I need to do? Or do I need to climb on my roof? Or do I need to, you know, uh, drill a hole in my wall? We will take care of everything for you uh, to provide internet service. So when the installer leaves, uh, you have nothing to worry about. That's really wonderful. Uh, really amazing. In fact, uh, last summer, I was sitting out on a pier with somebody here, and I saw what I thought was a UFO, so I videotaped it, <laughs> and lo and behold, I said, well, maybe I'll look on the internet and just see if anybody else saw it or something like that, and it was this beam of light going up into the sky, and somebody and everyone on, on the internet said showed a picture of exactly what I saw and said, that's satellite being sent up for internet services, so is that what it would look like? Was I seeing perhaps a Viasat uh, phenomenon? Yes. Yeah, so right now we have four satellites that we've already launched into space. It could have been, you know, one of those launches. And we have actually three more satellites uh, going up, our Viasat 3 constellation later this year. Um, and we'll, our goal is to, we're going to be able to cover the entire planet largely with, with three satellites. So our first one is going to uh, sit over uh, the Americas, our second one over Europe and Africa, and our third one over the uh, Asia-Pacific region. And our goal is that no matter where you live on the planet, not just the United States, right, that you can get access to Internet, whether you are on the ground or you are, you know, five miles up in the air on a plane or you, you know, happen to be on a boat somewhere, right? Our goal is the hardest to reach places is where we think uh, we could provide connectivity. Now, is this cell service in addition to Internet or is it just Internet? It is uh, just internet. Now you can use, so uh, many providers now, actually, I think I'm, I'm talking to you right now, well, you can use your phone over your home internet, over Wi-Fi. Almost all phones now are equipped. So if you live in an area with poor cellular service, right, your phone calls are always dropping, you get internet from Viasat, you'll be able to place phone calls, you probably with your traditional carrier, over uh, the Wi-Fi in your home. And you did mention earlier something about more affordable than, and I'm thinking Verizon, AT&T. Is that true? And will it remain so? Yeah. So uh, our newest plans, as I think I mentioned, start at $49.99 for 25 megabits of service. However, the government now um, has gone out now and wants to make internet more affordable. And so we partnered with something called the Affordable Connectivity Program. So for those folks who make a little less money, um, they might be eligible for a $30 discount. Okay, so you go onto the Affordable Connectivity Program uh, government website. You put in some information. If you qualify, you'll have a $30 discount, which would bring our starting price for our service down to $19.99. So we, yes, we want to make it available, but it's also really important. We're partnering with our government uh, to make it more affordable for customers as well. 
Very interesting. Great to hear about this news. Stephen Mesnick, general manager, U.S. broadband of the company called Viasat. Uh, be looking for a satellite near you that will help anyone you know on planet Earth to be able to connect to the Internet and at high speeds. Finally, and this is the way it should be. Thank you so much for joining us on the way home today. Thank you, Laura. I really appreciate being here. The website is viasat.com, V-I-A-S-A-T.com, viasat.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Bob and Jim, did you guys get goosebumps hearing that music for Dirty Dancing? I certainly did. Yeah, Time of My Life and Hungry Eyes. Oh, my goodness. I hear those those songs, and it just takes me back to the summer. 35 years ago, I mean, yes, I was old enough to remember it. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, do you guys remember where you were, where you saw it? I think I saw it in the theater the first time out when it, when it came out. Yeah, I believe I did see it in the theater as well. And, but I remember watching it again numerous times on TV. Yeah, on cable. It's always a great great movie to watch. I know. You never, it's, the, it's the kind of movie you just don't ever get sick of. And, and you just you, you get to know the lines. And, I mean, Patrick Swayze... Just what an incredible man. And I'm so grateful that his wife is is going around and doing these wonderful events for a Dirty Dancing um, 35 years later and trying to raise money for pancreatic awareness. It, it's just a great thing. And Dirty Dancing Demos is the Facebook page that you can go to to donate to that and also watch the actual demos of the the music that was being used while they were filming those iconic scenes. And uh, so that's a great way to donate so to the cause. Th- these were the recordings that the writers presented to promote the song to the movie maker. Is that well, because when when you t- when you film the the thing, you have to have the music playing so that mm-hmm. you can dance to it. Yeah, right? I mean, anything that makes a great movie should have a great soundtrack. That's how I feel about that. But they weren't necessarily the finished product, but they were the the most raw the version. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Very These cool. were the demos. Yeah. So I think that's going to be so fascinating to to listen to and just imagine what that was like. Can you imagine being picked out of um, what Frankie Private said out of a hundred and forty nine? Singers well, and songwriters. Did he say it was worse than that? Like three hundred and sixty-nine re, uh, rejections, something something like that. He said. Okay. Yeah. It was it was something huge, yeah. and then to be the one who is selected. But I loved his humble spirit. All of them. They're all three so humble. Uh, Stacy and also John. They're all so humble about how you know where they just feel like the music was just kind of dropped into their you know their minds and their hands when they were writing on the piano and such yeah. and and I can just see Frankie Private writing on the napkin. Uh, I've had the time of my life, like just writing down that lyric and then basing the whole song around that. I, it's just those are those are the things that legends are made of, and I just. I just loved hearing their stories. Yes. And now I'm going to go out and watch it again because it apparently <laughs> came out on my birthday 35 years ago. Did it really? So I think I might just uh, celebrate this year by watching it again. Cool. And every year after that. 
and every year after that. Well, on that happy note, I know that you've uh, collected some great stories, Jimmy, um, as you do every single week here. We love to hear the positive good news. Let us hear all you have. Well, we're going to start uh, just south of where you are, LJ, in Kentucky. And the story of a woman, and I know we all love to win the lottery someday, whatever the amount is, 10000 whatever it might be. Here's a woman who won the lottery. It was an online lottery. Her name was Crystal Dunn, and she was uh, playing the Bankbuster Jackpot Instant Play game, and she wagered $20. And uh, she ended up winning pretty big, more than $146,000 to be exact. But she wasn't really convinced that she won that money just yet. She said, yeah, right. I, I, I'm sure that's just probably just a scam or something. No, she got an email saying, yes, you did win that $146,000. But here's what made it extra special. Since she did that, she believes in something calling, called pay it for it. And what she did, she took a small amount of that money, about $2,000, and decided to do something good for some people. And this is where kindness really comes into play here. That $2,000 she used for some gift certificates to give to some complete strangers, just just to say, just because. I mean, they didn't know what that was all about. I mean, do they have to give her something? So, no, this is for you, these $2,000 in gift certificates, because she just really believes in the concept of paying it forward. And as far as the rest of the money, what she wants to do is, like probably anybody else, she wants to buy a car and pay off some bills. But the important thing is that the fact that she had really the presence of mind to even use a portion of that money to give back to people, because not everybody really does that all the time. And I think that's just really sweet. I love that. Well, it's kind of like the concept of tithing, you know, it comes from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you, you take your your first 10%. And you basically, you know, you, you give it to God, as they say, but you know, you could also see that as in charitable giving or doing something that doesn't have anything to do with your own selfishness. You know what? I it's it's really a, a miraculous thing. Um, when, when I've done that before, it's you just feel this incredible sense of I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be taken care of. And when you do that and you give out like this woman did, she said, "I'm going to give a percentage out, and I'm just going to bless people with with these gift certificates." I think that's so cool. Love it. Love the generosity of, yeah. of strangers. Never goes out of style. Uh, never does. Oh, by the way, I bought a scratchy ticket for my mom the other day. She's been helping babysit for my new puppy, Dosi Do. Mm-hmm. And so when I go over there, I drop her off in the afternoon so that uh, she can be watched by grandma if I have errands to do. Because I don't want to leave her in the cage all the time. She's mm-hmm. just a little tyke. And uh, so I've been taking <laughs> scratchy tickets over to her. And I felt so happy the other day. She won Sixty dollars. Nice. Yeah, and she said, "I'll babysit every day for you if you like." (laughs) But uh, yeah, love that. Sometimes you know it pays off as long as you don't get addicted and spend all your money on them. Um, Anyway, good one. Well, do you have another uh, story for us, Jim? Yes, I do. Now, all of us at one time in our lives have had these long commutes. I'm sure we can all relate to that. But this was was very unusual. This story out of Oregon involving a man who. Had his car break down on the way to work one day. I was in uh, Primeville, Oregon. And you know what he did? He decided, well, you know, I've got to get to work somehow. This was like 9 a.m. in the morning when it happened or 10 a.m. He ended up walking for six and a half hours, 33 miles to his work site, to his job. I'm not kidding you. This this actually happened one day after his car broke down. It was in Bend, Oregon. And, yes, even after all of that. He, he was did... around the bend? No. no. Sorry. Not quite, Bob, but thank you, for, thank you for asking. <laughs> but he finally did get to his job. He, and after all that, he did the entire eight-hour shift. And I'm thinking to myself, you're walking six and a half hours. Wow. 
I mean, where does he get the strength? Maybe, I don't know, who knows? But anyway, uh, somebody heard about this story balance through a local. Of pa- maybe, who knows? <laughs> balance of nature. Yeah, balance he of took, nature. There you go. He took his fruits and veggies, yes. We don't know that for sure. I can't confirm or deny it, but we know the answer. But anyway, uh, there some, they got word in the papers uh, about this story, and a gentleman who uh, owns a Honda dealership said, uh, wait, he heard about this story, and he said, his name is Chris Arsenault, and he said, well, you know, we have some Hondas we really need to get rid of. I mean, there's just there's a big stock there. Why don't we give him one of these? So you know what he did? He presented him with a paperwork, and the car said, this is yours. Problem solved. So now now he's just he's so grateful to do it. I mean, as I said, I mean, to, to walk 33 miles, I mean, that takes a lot of strength. But now he doesn't have to worry about it anymore because now that store got out. He has a Honda, and I'm sure his commute is much easier today. Oh, my word. Isn't that, that amazing? I tell you. It, again, the generosity. Mm. That That is what I think human beings are are made of and you know uh, things happen along the way and then not everybody ends up like that but i think we all are born with the spark of glorious generosity and glorious giving and and you know it's just you hear about this the 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 point of this is that it's important to hear it because if you don't hear it sometimes on the radio on the tv on social media then you start to think that there is more evil in the world or there's more bad people and things like that. That's why I love these segments. And Jim, I really give you props because I love how you go out and you find, you know, the ones that really strike a chord in you and you bring them to us. But those are, that's the reason why we included this segment in the way home show every day, because it really truly is. I just, it's a testament to all the good that's going on in the world. And I am a firm believer that there's more good then there is bad, but we just have to shine a light on it. So I thank you for doing that. You hear it right Bob, here. <laughs> yes, and Bob Small, thank you for shining a light on this program. You always put it together and make it sound special. You edit out all the things wrong that I say. Well, you never say anything wrong. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yes. Aren't you being positive, Editor-in-chief <laughs> over there? <laughs> Ed, yes, the editor-in-chief, for sure. But I, I thank you both for always being on the way home and gracing the airwaves with these That's wonderful you. stories. and yes well i truly love it it's it's a great and grand blessing for me and thank you so much for listening have a wonderful week everybody be safe be happy uh stay cool and don't forget uh, there's a lot more good in the world than not i'm laura smith see you next time